0: We need to talk about the rule of law. A podcast by Verfassungsblog and Deutscher Anwaltsverein. Welcome to the third episode of Defending the Defenders, a podcast by the German Bar Association Deutscher Anwaltverein and Verfassungsblog. Today, we want to extend our perspective beyond Europe. Our first guest is Shabnam Salehi. She's an Afghan scholar and human rights activist. She was a commissioner of the Afghanistan Independent Human Rights Commission, where she headed the Women's Rights Protection and Promotion Unit. Currently, she is a visiting researcher at the University of Ottawa and continues to advocate for the rights of women in Afghanistan from abroad, and we want to talk about the struggle for human rights and the rights of women in particular in Afghanistan in the past few years and today uh, with her. Shabnam, thank you so much for talking to us. I wanted to start by asking you about the most recent attacks on women's rights in Afghanistan. What are the latest steps the Taliban have taken to further Strip women of their rights, of their fundamental human rights.
1: Thank you, thank you for uh, for having me. It's a pleasure talking to you. After the Tal- Taliban took over Kabul, since today they have uh, uh, released thirty decrees that is uh, banning women rights, and from this you can see how they are against women. As, as, uh at the first action after taking kabul took kabul they uh they dissolved they, they the ministry of women affairs after that they dissolved the the special court for the uh, uh, uh the, the uh, violence against women after that they dissolved the special uh attorney that was uh, engaging with the uh domestic violence and violence against women after that they are uh, they are releasing degree uh, decrease day by day. At their last uh, action, they release a decree and they ban women from going to parks. And uh, now, in Avanza, women are not allowed to go to parks. They are not allowed to uh, to go uh, by their own. They have uh, they must be accompanied by the male relative. They are not allowed to choose the, uh, their dresses. They are not allowed to choose any discipline that they, they want to study. They are not allowed to study. They don't have a right of the secondary education. Uh, they don't have any uh, political participation. They don't have any right to uh, uh, to work unless that the some women they are in the, the uh, health section and some of uh, some women on that the. the, the the security at very uh, law level, so that, that's a situation. Uh, in Afghanistan, women don't have uh, any specific legal rights, since we don't have uh, any law now, today, in 20, uh, 20, uh, uh, the uh, 21st uh, century in Afghanistan.
0: So, the role Talib- the Taliban have in mind for women in Afghanistan is just as it sounds, uh, to stay to remain completely in private. They have no role in they according to the Taliban, they shouldn't have no role in, in public life whatsoever, as it seems. So they are especially apart from any other human rights infringements, they are especially no political rights at all, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. They have a a large billboard in every part of the Kabul in other large cities. And they somehow instructing women that best place for the women is their home. They should not uh, left her home unless they are sick or they have uh, any uh, urgent issue uh, uh, other than then they they must be stay at home. so they have a uh, uh, clear instruction that women should be in houses uh, you, you you are a witnesses of the woman protest. How they they treat them? They uh, put them in jails. They torture them, and uh, it's, it's, it up to uh, up to today that I'm talking to uh, to you. Most of the women' activity they are underground. If they know about any kind of activity, they will ban women. Two months back, th- uh, the Kabul University student they they are uh, they are planning to a uh, peaceful process, uh, protest but at the night they put the, some chemical in their uh, food and all of the uh, girls in hostel been uh, poisoned with the, some chemicals uh, for us uh, 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 in order to not protest against taliban so they are using every and each technique to avoid women to be in the public life
0: Well, that is that is uh, that is really extreme. And are there is, is there any possibility? Uh, you just talked about that most uh, um, human most protests and um, um, all the organizations um, uh, every activity has to be underground these days. Is there any possibility at all to advocate for human rights in Afghanistan? Under the Taliban, and or what is the fate of attorneys and activists in Afghanistan today?
1: I think uh, women women are the more active group mm-hmm. in Afghanistan today as well. Uh, looking at that much, uh, uh, the the, the uh, somehow what i can say that much pressure that they are putting on women still mm-hmm. women have a voice uh, so i i have a some i'm um, optimistic about this the situation women nowadays they are protesting women have a voice on the media women have a fortunately we have a, a, a social media that's a good platform that women have a voice mm-hmm. on the over the social media plus that uh, there's a uh, several organizations that are working uh, with the women inside the afghanistan uh, they, uh, they 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 uh, give them uh, awareness how to use the social media uh, specific platform to uh, to to uh, to do their activity in advocacy and not uh, put themselves in dangers like they have a uh, special applications that they can report the human rights violations uh um, but they will be uh, remain uh uh, uh remained uh, uh as an unknown person and anonymous still so uh from the uh on the one hand uh there's a lot of the pressure there's a lot of preparation from the taliban side there are a lot of the order and discrimination from the taliban side but Today's generation is not the 90s generation in Afghanistan, today women have our eyes. they are well educated, they are well mature, they know about their rights, they have their voice, so they are trying at the best level, that's something that's happening inside Afghanistan, uh, uh, outside Afghanistan there's a lot of the group they are uh, lobbying, they, are, they have their own advocacy goal and they are uh, Advocating, uh, adv- uh, advocate, uh, advocating for the human rights uh, we have a several group we are participating in de- different platform in UN in different international organizations in conferences they participating in panels. they participating in the uh, in the uh, protests so they are also active but in my point of view that the activities in exile are not that much. Uh, 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 that much uh, uh, useful or that much uh, productive as activity inside Afghanistan, but mm-hmm. still we need to uh, uh, combine this two two set of the activities to 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 to, to, to go in the same direction. Since uh, uh, now the women inside Afghanistan the they they choose a different path. But the women outside of they they choose a different uh, path. So looking to this activity, I think uh, still we have a hope. Uh, 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 Women are active, they have a voice. uh, But still we need uh, some sort of the organization and management and somehow coordination between these two groups to have a single voice and have a a specific set of the suggestion or recommendation or. Anything that they are
0: lobbying for. That's incredibly brave and impressive what you talk about the activities in Afghanistan. And you said that today's generation is well educated about their rights and um, about well educated in general and um, therefore are active in, in fighting this. Um, this uh, terror regime they are under. So, how was the situation for women in Afghanistan up to 2021 before the before the Taliban um, uh, took over?
1: Uh, if we uh, uh, go to history, the Af- Afghan women have uh, some golden eras, like in 1990s. Mm-hmm. After that, in 60s and 70s. Uh, after that, after two thousand one, so we can divide the uh, uh, feminist uh, waves in Afghanistan in different historic periods. Mm-hmm. But if we talk uh, the la- the last two decades, so in the last two decades after two thousand one, uh, after international engagement in Afghanistan, we uh, we have a quite good situation for women. Not ideal, but it was. If if we compare uh, to to, uh, uh, compare this two decades to two thousand twenty one or twenty two, that was much better. Uh, I will tell you why. Since we have a at that two decades, we have we had a constitution that Mm -hmm. uh, Article Twenty Two clearly defined and described that men or uh, and women are equally. Treat by the law so that constitution uh, granted equality between men and women following the other laws we have a suit of laws that supporting women like we have a uh, we have an elimination of violence against women law if Allah. we have a uh, we had a and uh, um, the the uh, a uh, uh, civil court. We have other uh, panel court. We have we had uh, other policies. We had uh, different plans. We had a woman participation at the high level of the government. We had at least four ministers in every cabinet. We have uh, we had uh, uh, at least twenty fifth percent of the both both houses in the parliament. We had at least twenty fifth. A percentage of women participation in the local and the municipal, uh, local and the uh, local authority. Uh, we had up to 27 percent woman participation in the uh, public administration. We had a woman in the uh, in the army. We had a woman in the police. We had a woman uh, in the supreme court in other courts. We had a. Uh, we had a woman participation in agency in every part of the life, plus we have a laws, we have a policies, and we have a million of girls in education uh looking to that situation comparing to today, so that 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 was a somehow very better position uh, 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 uh campaign to to today but still at this two decade, having this laws and policies. They need a lot of struggle, and still we have a lot of problems since the uh, the literacy rate in uh, women in advance and very low. It's 34 percent. More money women they don't know about their rights. We have a lot of the domestic violence. In the Afghanistan independent human rights commission, we register in process at least four five thousand cases of domestic violence. Uh, uh, annually plus uh, uh, we had a other kind of the conflict we had a, at that time also we have a we, we don't have a the secure secure uh, environment for uh, uh, to uh, for women to uh, uh, to operate safely so we had a different kind of problem but still we have a supporting system we had a laws. we had a, a system that support women so, at that time, I think, uh, according to me, it will be a golden era for a found mm-hmm.
0: And you are already uh, touched upon some of, the, um, of, of your initiatives uh, as human rights activists and advocates. Um, so, how was the situation for human rights advancement, for campaigning for human rights, for human rights improvements? Um, in Afghanistan before the Taliban took over, so it, it, let's say in the two thousand and tens.
1: Working for human rights is not easy, even in the safest country mm-hmm. like uh, you are living in Germany and yes. in the North it's America. Course. That's yeah. not not a safe job at all. Yes, since you you should uh, you should uh, somehow protest against government. You should protest about against someone who is has a power. So that's not safe job at all. But uh, doing this job in the fragile society like Afghanistan that's a, that that uh, 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 d- uh, don't have a, doesn't have a secure situation doesn't have a uh, economical si- s- s- stability doesn't have a uh, well-educated generation that make it very really dangerous than the other countries. Doing human rights job only for my colleagues in EHRC we lost almost 11 colleagues uh in the, this two decades and uh, last one was 2020 we lost our two very good colleagues so uh, we lost uh, outside the EHRC we lost after a couple of the good human rights defenders since uh, working in Afghanistan you should uh, since you are monitoring human rights situations, so you somehow you you make enemy inside the government you are uh, you are working for the uh, transition justice or to accountability you you make a enemy in the warlords uh, you are working for the uh, transparency you make the enemy between the large, uh, landlords so in such as in such a society like afghanistan you have a, as a human rights defender you had a, a lot of or you have a lot of the enemies uh, we had a enemies in the government we had enemies on the landlords we had enemies in the uh, warlords uh, i will just share one one experience of, of working for human rights as a mm. as a uh, uh, as a commissioner for uh, HRC. Uh, we had a, a project uh, called transition justice or so, uh, that uh, w- that project focused more on that documenting the all crime that happened between 1979 up to 2001 in Afghanistan. and they, they document this all crime after that they are uh, uh, planning for some kind of the tr- application of the transitional justice like that uh, only in this period our office in Herat was barred most of our colleague, uh, colleagues were treated by law by word laws since they they had they had a fear of the the, the uh, trial or persecution uh, I also will share my my uh, an other example of our colleagues when in 2019 our colleagues were were trying to uh, to to uncover the personal jail in Kandahar they were treated by the the government and the specific person in government in police and he told me and told them if you don't leave the Kandahar up to and uh, in, uh, in 24 hours you will be murdered so uh, looking to this situation we had a, the, 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 the dozen of the stories that our colleagues were were treated our colleagues were were, were killed our colleagues were injured uh the, the the our offices were burned. Uh, uh, we faced a different situation. They didn't share the data with us. They didn't allow us to monitor the 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 uh, prisons and jails they didn't allow to have a, a, a full access to the victim so there were a lot of the a lot of the barriers for working as a uh, as a working for the human human rights defender but still we did uh, we did struggle we did our advocacy and we try to make a situation a better situation for future for coming generation uh, at least that, that situation we had a authority we had a law we had a right to 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 complain uh, that that was something that we have a hope on it but unfortunately today we don't have anything and even as a human rights defender no one consider as a human rights defender and they will they, they are treated as a as an enemy of the the, the facto regime
0: and did the previous government in any way protect human rights activists you said that um, there were coming threats uh, threats were coming also from, from, from governmental um, parts, but how was the work of, um, of human rights advocates and activists regulated? Was there was there any legal protection and was there factual protection as well? So if there were rules, were they enforced um, in order to protect your work in, in some ways? Uh,
1: I mean, I'm talking about the, about the treats from the government, that was not as a body or as a system that's treating the human rights defendant, That was a person inside the government yes. uh, who, uh, who treated our colleagues, like, you know, that after the 2001, the government was somehow, uh, they, 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 collect the word laws from the, across Afghanistan the and they, they build a, some kind of unity government. Mm-hmm. So when you have a, this such kind of government, you have a world life inside government. You have a life as a your MP. You have a warlord as your minister. At that time, they 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 as a person have a fear of the the, the, the persecution. So uh, when I was talking about my 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 aim was person, not not a, a system. At the systematic level, as I mentioned before, uh, at that time we had a constitution. Especially the second chapter of the constitution, that uh, describe all rights of the individual inside the Afghanistan, uh, from the freedom of speech up to freedom of the assembly, up to freedom of the uh, 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 appealing, up to freedom of uh, or right to uh, to travel or right, all the suit of the rights that the individual must have under the democratic regime. That was described under this constitution. Under the constitution, we had a suite of laws that support working uh, 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 the work of the human rights defenders. Like we have a media law, we have a the law of the defense lawyer, we had a law for the uh, we had a law for the uh, court system or the, for the uh, judiciary. We had a law for the. Uh, uh, Evolution, uh, 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 EVO law, We had a different supporting uh, children child rights law. So we have a different law that supporting uh, uh, human rights defender. Plus we have a different uh, uh, mechanism for supporting human uh, uh, human rights defenders. Like uh, we had a uh, we had a uh, committee. We have a commission. Uh, it was inter ministerial commission. HRC was part of this commission who who work in, in a path of pro, uh, protecting uh, human rights defenders we have a this uh, same commission for the journalists we had a HRD commission that was working to uh, protect human rights defender work all this commission were working under the first or second deputy of president it was inter, an under uh, uh, ministerial commission. Uh, plus some NGOs, international legal organization, also part of this uh, mechanism. Uh, so, uh, um, at the local level, we have a committees under the go- uh, governor at the provincial level. So at that time, uh, as a body, as a system, we had a, a legal protection. We had a, a mechanism for supporting. But still, some people inside the government who are uh, originally a world lord or landlord or someone who has a uh, power in the local level they 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 they, they challenge our colleagues they they, they they build up barriers or they 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 they, they, they put a lot of the uh, uh, a lot of tools. didn't allow all the colleagues or other human rights defender to operate properly thank you very
0: much um and I think to conclude, I would like to ask you. I, I was very, very struck by how hopeful um, your message is, given all um, all the difficulties and immense uh, threats that um, activists face in Afghanistan today. Um, what what is the way you see going forward? How um, what what is 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 there a path back to a better human rights um, situation in Afghanistan. Um, And where where would it come from? Um, Listening to you, it sounds like there's not much um, hope for outside help, like from the international community. Um, They're doing something, but maybe not not in a decisive way. And to me it sounded like um, that um, Activities, especially from women within Afghanistan, are um, what really gives you hope at the moment. Um, or, or, or how? What's, what's your, what's your view on, on the, on the future of the human rights situation in
1: Afghanistan? So, uh, I will still remain optimistic. Uh, why? Because I told you before. Before, today's generation is not. Yes. Nineties generation. Today's generation know about their rights. They know how to struggle. Fortunately, we have a supporting system like a social media. Uh, why I mention social media again and again, since I, I, I know about it. Uh, uh, on a daily basis, we, we collect the reports from the Afghanistan through the social media. Yes. And it's safe. safe. So uh, I, I will s- still remain optimistic. But coming to the pulse, of what will be the future look like under the Taliban? I'm not very optimistic about that, since I know the Taliban are someone who, who, they will not change in your future. They they are as same as they were at the uh, 90s. Even they promise or commit in the Doha agreement that they will take care of the women's rights and human rights. But uh, once they came to Kabul, the first thing that they did, that was, uh, that, 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 that was taking action against women. Human rights, they dissolved the Ministry of Women Affairs and they sold yes. the uh, Commission, Afghanistan Independent Human Rights Commission. So I'm not optimistic about the Taliban, especially they, they will change uh, their mind. Uh, uh, if we talk about the international community, Afghan people are somehow disappointed by the international community. Yes. They have their their rights. Why? Since they, they, they tell that in, 20, uh, in the 2001, they came and they told us since the Taliban was. Taliban were uh, uh, violating the human rights we came to rescue you and in t- uh, 2021 they back they, uh, to Hindu the Afghanistan to the terrorist group that they fought for two decades that they came and told that they are terrorists but they saved the Hindu war Afghanistan to this terrorist group so now they are very disappointed from this point of view so if the international community wants a change in Afghanistan, I think they they, 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 must take a solid action. Uh, they make a Taliban to, 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 to accept the suit of the women's rights because Taliban are not changeable if there is a not a lot of pressure. I know the pressure will uh, the pressure will affect the Avansan population, but looking the, the middle way that not put that much pressure on the home uh, the population, the, the, the civilian, but on the regime. Uh beside that uh, the international community could help human rights defenders, special human rights defenders inside Avansan by by uh, giving them a platform by giving them, um, uh, them a medium for their voice, uh, by recognizing them as a victim, by yep. supporting their voices. Uh, so that, that I think that that's a job of the international community. And uh, I also uh, wish that our voice inside Afghanistan will continue to rise uh, since that's something I can still hope that that will put a lot of pressure from the inside on the Taliban.
0: Thank you so much, Chapnam, for your insight and for everything you told us. We want to complement Chapnam's account of the human rights situation in Afghanistan, the brutal crackdown on the rights of women and the brave but difficult and dangerous struggle for those rights in Afghanistan with a perspective on the European and in particular, the German migration law situation with regards to people fleeing Afghanistan. Our second guest today is Matthias Lehnert, a migration lawyer from Germany and an expert on this topic. We want to talk about the way asylum proceedings are being conducted in Germany and what their inherent faults are. Other issues that are important in this context are the federal admissions program Germany set up for people fleeing Afghanistan that is kind of symptomatic for the shortcomings of German migration policy as well as recent developments in the law of asylum proceedings that show a growing distrust for attorneys. Matthias, thank you so much for talking to us and welcome. So to begin with, I would like to ask you what the chances were for successful asylum proceedings for Afghans in the last couple of years before the Taliban coup in 2021 and how Germany reacted to this coup in the summer of 2021 from a migration law perspective?
2: So, uh, yeah, I think you you point uh, the, the right question with regard to the Afghanistan migration policy. Um, if we talk about the reaction of the German government to the coup of the Taliban in 2021, we can talk a lot about the Unability of the German government to evacuate people in August 21. Uh, We can talk about uh, how German ministries blocked each other to help and to support and to protect people, to protect local staff who worked together with the German government uh, in the last years in Afghanistan. But I think we have to go a step back we have to talk about the Doha agreement between the US administration and the Taliban in 2020. As latest at that point, in my eyes, and due to lots of reports of experts who have uh, a very good knowledge of uh, the situation in Afghanistan, latest at that point, it was clear that, there is a big uh, probability that Taliban will take over the power um, of uh, in Afghanistan if uh, the military of the US and uh, the other forces will go out of Afghanistan. The problem is um, if we regard uh, the German policy and the German migration policy with regard to Afghanistan, that um, in my eyes, the German government was not only unable to uh, prepare an effective protection program for Afghan people, but it was also unwilling as latest from 2015, 2016, there was uh, central premise in the German migration policy, as this premise was that Afghanistan is safe and that German government can deport people to Afghanistan. Uh, That's what we can see also in the decision of the Asylum Authority, as uh, the uh, responsible authority, uh, the BAMF, um, neglected, lots of applications of Afghan asylum uh, seekers due to the argument that uh, Afghanistan is safe and that in Afghanistan you can always find an internal protection alternative, although you are persecuted at another region in Afghanistan. So that we have a very high percentage of, Refusals of application in the uh, uh, of, Afghanistan, uh, of Afghanistan asylum seekers in Germany uh, until two thousand and twenty one. So
0: basically, people were deported to Afghanistan um, just right until before the coup, um, and after the coup of the Taliban, after the Taliban took over power, Germany decided to do something and started a the so-called Bundesaufnahmeprogramm, the Federal admissions Programme for Refugees from Afghanistan. Does it contain, how, how does it look like, and does it contain the right measures and instruments to protect Afghans who flee Taliban violence?
2: So, only in August 2021, um, the German government had to admit that Afghanistan is no more safe and that the German government had to stop deportations to Afghanistan. Um, What happened then was um, a more symbolic policy by a very small admission program for human rights activists and prominent politicians in Afghanistan. And a very unsufficient protection policy with regard to local staff. Um, so people who work together with the German government um, during the mission uh, of the German military in Afghanistan. We had, and also the Afghan people, had some good hope that this uh, very unsufficient policy of the old German government will change with a new government uh, who started to work from December 2021 and who promised in its, in its coalition contract uh, to, to better this policy, to establish an admission program, a so-called Bundesaufnahmeprogramm and to um, reform the admission of local staff. The problem is, almost for one year nothing happened the admission of local staff uh, of local staff uh, hasn't changed until now and only in october 2022 an admission program uh, with regard to human rights activists journalists prominent politician has been established by the new government the problem of this admission program has different levels The first problem is that um, the number of people who will be protected is very insufficient, as only 1,000 people per month uh, can uh, can apply and uh, can be part of this admission program. The second problem is that only people can apply who are still in Afghanistan, So people who are no more in Afghanistan, who fled the persecution Afghanistan, who fled the danger to Iran and to Pakistan are not entitled to apply for this admission program, what really excludes a very high number of people who are really in danger or who would be in danger if they go back to Afghanistan. So the people who really want to apply for this program are now enforced to go back to Afghanistan and to put themselves back into the danger of the of the Taliban government or uh, not to apply for this program. Um, and there's a third problem. The, this problem is that only those uh, um, organizations can apply who are entitled for. It. So we have a concept and a constellation in this program that not the people themselves can apply for the program and not the afghan people themselves have a right to apply for this program for this admission program but only um, organizations who are entitled by the german governments these are ngos who are more involved in the afghanistan policy only them are only they are entitled to uh, make application what is a uh, yeah a very high burden for the people in Afghanistan to, uh, to, uh, uh, to get in favor of this program.
0: So the German government reacted somewhat belatedly with a program that has only a very limited scope and started to um, apply it only as recently as uh, two months ago. Roughly around the same time, a dra- draft law in Germany, which has been drafted by the previous um, government as well, contains procedural provisions which, according to the explanatory memorandum to the law, are intended to prevent lawyers from using bias motions against judges to gain time and thus increase the chances of success in the asylum proceedings. Um, I wanted to talk about this to shed light on um, challenges migration lawyers such as you face um, in their work, um, because in a statement, the Human Rights Association Pro Azul want that this is reminiscent. Um, this uh, this explanatory memorandum is reminiscent of statements by right wing politicians that migration lawyers are part of the anti-abschiebe industry, the anti-deportation industry. Um, what's your
2: perspective on this? Um, if we talk about migration policy and asylum policy in germany i think it is important to mention that this policy is uh, classified as an uh, security issue so an issue what we would call in germany Gefahrenabwehr, um, and as, uh, under the authority of the ministry of interior And I think that this classification is not only a symbol, but it's an issue what we can also see in the um, atmosphere and uh, in the uh, procedures in the Bundesamt für Migration und Flüchtlinge, so the German Asylum Authority itself, which are marked by burdens, by... um, by an atmosphere of doubts which uh, asylum applicants are confronted uh, with. And it's also an issue what we can see in the structure of um, the procedure and uh, the the court procedure law of uh, asylum law in in Germany. Um, Not only now, but for very long time, we have a two-class law in Germany with regard to refugees. Normally, people who claim against state decisions have uh, four weeks to claim against decisions. Refugees have less times. If they want to claim against a negative decision uh, in their asylum procedure, they only have two weeks and uh, in some constellations, only one week. So they have less time to claim their rights, which is quite bizarre because the situation is the following. Um, almost half of the decision of the asylum T- authority are classified um, uh, as illegal and uh, by, by the courts. And people who are confronted with the asylum T- authority are normally people who don't speak the language, who don't have any knowledge about the system in Germany. So normally you should say that they should have more time to claim against their decisions uh, and um, their uh, refusals in asylum procedure. In fact, the contrary is uh, the case. So they have less time uh, and this concept has really no reasons because no one will be deported faster if uh, the uh, procedure would take some more weeks but the only reason is repression and uh, the new government now promised to to make it uh, the asylum procedure uh, more fair uh, and to to guarantee more and better rights for refugees in Germany <coughs> But in fact, they didn't realize their promise as they, um, in fact, uh, make, uh, made the procedure more uh, more repressive, more strong, and put some more burdens uh, for asylum seekers to claim their rights. There are different examples. One example uh, in the new law is that the uh, new government wants to establish or wants to cancel the possibility to refuse a judge uh, within a procedure with the argument that the refusal of a judge uh, can be instrumentalized by lawyers to make the um, the applications and the procedures longer another argument uh, another instrument and uh, um, Another reform um, concerns the possibility for courts to decide in written procedures and to um, cancel the possibility to uh, make oral hearings for refugees, what is uh, normally a very important instrument for refugees to um, to present their claims in an oral hearing within the courts. So we see that... Um, already by these examples, uh, the German new government has not really uh, the will to establish a fairer and uh, um, a more um, effective access to judges, to to refugees, but more to make the procedures um, harder and more difficult to to obtain. So, uh, what i think also due to these examples uh, we have a general problem in the debate about lawyers in in germany in migration law that um, normally lawyers are part of the system and they are classified as part of the administration of judges and part of the system to establish rights in germany also in other countries but also in Germany, we have some debate that um, lawyers are more classified as troublemakers. So as organs that want to longer uh, uh, make the procedures longer and want to make trouble only to establish um, the, the residence of, of persons, but not to enforce rights. And what we can see right now in the new reforms and also in in the general structure of the asylum procedure law, uh, which is which is very marked by a uh, two class judges, uh, justice for for refugees, is that this is this debate about lawyers who are, part of a so-called anti-deportation industry is not only a symbol but, but what we can also already see in the law.
0: Um, you talked about these measures that are designed to make the asylum process somewhat more repressive at the same time, um, just a few months after the Taliban took over in Afghanistan um the new German government had to deal with another um, conflict um, the war started by Russia in Ukraine, and that led to um, a great number of uh, people fleeing from Ukraine. If you compare the treatment of refugees from Ukraine, the, of those from Afghanistan, um, both of which
2: are fleeing a war,
0: what do you make of that?
2: Um if we regard the treatment of refugees from Ukraine uh, as a very high number of people fleeing from Ukraine to Germany and to other European countries, we see that an effective protection and admission of people fleeing from a war in a very short time is possible. One can criticize one or other points of the admission of uh, uh, Ukraine people and especially the treatment of third country nationals also fleeing from Ukraine, what is a very big problem. But nevertheless, you can see in this policy that European and also German infrastructure is able to welcome and to um, uh, um, to treat and to protect people fleeing from the war in Germany. Also in the case that it has to be reacted in a very short time and also uh, if this uh, concerns a very high number of people. Um, this is important to mention because um, if we talk about persons from other countries fleeing from a war, from Syria, uh, from Yemen, and especially also from Afghanistan, the main argument in the uh, blocking policy is always that we don't have capacity to. Um, to protect people, and the number of people has to be reduced by agreements uh, with Turkey, with other countries, by an effective border protection, by uh, blocking the borders. So um, the point is finally, uh, and I think we can we could also go deeper into that. But the very simple point is that um, the policy makes a difference between, uh, just between people of different countries. Um, peoples from Ukraine are accepted because the war is quite near and some people think that the culture is near and... Um, The war in russia and ukraine concerns uh, ourselves Uh, but on the other side uh, we are not interested in the conflicts in in other parts of the world and we don't want these people so finally i would say just that this is um, a racist difference uh, of treatment of protection policy thank you very much matthias This has been the
0: third episode of Defending the Defenders, a podcast by the German Bar Association, Deutsche Anwaltverein and Verfassungsblog. We will be back in two weeks with an episode on the regulation of the profession of lawyer in Europe. See you then.